0: Welcome to Halcyon Trailblazer, a podcast featuring the people working to bring Halcyon to life and the Forsyth County changemakers surrounding it. I'm your host, Adam Schiff. For most people, summer is all about getting on the move. Whether it's flying abroad, taking a road trip across state lines, or simply driving to a park, the common thread is transportation. In Forsyth County, all roads lead to the Big Creek Greenway. So on this month's show, we're highlighting businesses that help you move around while getting great exercise through walking, running, and biking. First up, we'll chat with the dynamic duo behind the newly opened Go Bikes, DeMario and Crystal Presley, about bringing the rapidly growing bike share craze to Forsyth County. Then, Kim Hall from Totally Running and Walking shares her remarkable journey to Forsyth County and how her passion for running changed her life. But first... Let's meet the incredible team, bringing two wheels and a whole lot of enthusiasm to Halcyon. Unlike many of the trailblazers we feature on this podcast, DeMario and Crystal Presley aren't native to Forsyth County. In fact, they aren't even from Georgia. We spoke to DeMario and Crystal to find out why they chose Forsyth County to launch their family and their dreams, beginning with their individual paths before their forces combined.
1: I was born and raised in Greensboro, North Carolina, a uh, single parent home. My mom had me when she was 15 years old. And, um, you know, I picked up a football when I was around middle school age. So seventh grade mm-hmm. for sure. And, um, and I was a big kid, rough. I loved to run and jump and do all of things of the sort. And so, uh, I fell in love with football. Um, and so most of my early years just evolved around football 24-7. Um, I ended up getting a scholarship to every school in the nation, and I settled on NC State.
0: Every school in the nation?
1: Every school Hawaii
0: in the- Hawaii Yeah. Every
1: school in the nation, I was the number 11th ranked football player coming out of high school. So we're talking
0: a 100, and I mean, there's 121, maybe back then there weren't. So over a 100 schools that play major college football wanted you. <laughs>
1: Yes, they sound so awful. None of them <laughs> no. wanted
0: me. So it's <laughs> I
2: wanted like apparently there were so many letters that he was on the front page of the newspaper like buried underneath college acceptance letters. I oh did. Wow.
1: We took out. So like they are all my like the envelopes and mm-hmm. notes and scholarships and everything, we kept them in certain like big, huge bags or like tubs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, for some reason, the newspaper they wanted to take a picture with like dumping them on top <laughs> of me. And so I'm like this on the front page, looking all goofy and everything. Do we
0: have that picture? Can we? I have <laughs> yes. it. You need that picture.
1: Yes. And so, um so I landed at NC State and loved it. Uh, graduated in three years. I was a nerd, and um, <laughs> but nerds are cool. It's me. <laughs> and then I was drafted in two thousand eight to the New Orleans Saints in the fifth round. And um, my second year won a Super Bowl. I was a part of the team. We went thirteen and three. Um, after that, I ended up doing a few stints with the um, the Houston Texans. The Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. I retired in 2013 and got a good taste of the real world <laughs> and became an entrepreneur. Um, own another company called Agriculture Logistics of Georgia, which I started that in 2014. What we do is really cool and I love it. Of course, I think it's cool. We work with farmers to, uh, to source fresh produce from farms in Georgia to, Nursing homes, hospitals, schools, anything of the sort. So That's you really know, cool. you know, we think that that is extremely important. And then now we just started another company mm-hmm. uh, with my wife here, my beautiful wife Crystal, and I'm gonna let her t- kind of take over now.
2: Yeah, so I'm Crystal. I'm just the woman behind the man, I guess. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> So, I'm born and raised in New Orleans, and that's Mm -hmm. where we met when he, I met him about three months after he got there, after he was drafted there. So, we've been attached at the
1: hip since.
2: Yeah, we've been attached at the hip for like, we've been together 10 years now. So, yeah, we have a five year old daughter. And so, I was born and raised there. I come from like a super religious family. My dad's a minister, so I'm a preacher's kid. Mm -hmm. And I have a degree in biology from um, Our Lady of Holy Cross in New Orleans. So, Mm -hmm. I started at Xavier. But then Hurricane Katrina and all mm-hmm. that happened. So I transferred, got my degree in biology. We ended up getting married, obviously, and we moved to Forsyth County. <laughs> so
0: on, on both of those points, I guess this probably ties into one, but why Forsyth County? And then how did you become entrepreneurs, especially together?
1: <laughs> why Forsyth County is because um, that's a funny story. We um, So um, it's, we moved here in 2012? 12. Mm-hmm. To, 2012. And... Um, I didn't want to live in New Orleans because I had too much fun. I, I couldn't focus. <laughs> and so I didn't want to, um, I didn't want to stay in New Orleans too much longer. And and then I said, all right, well, let's move to where? North Carolina. <laughs> and, um, and she was like, there's no way you're going to move me to the country. I'm not doing it. It is too far from home. And so in the off season, I would come here to train. My, my trainer was here. And so I was like, well, what about Atlanta? Uh, her older sister was here already. And so we just got here and then the I thought realtor. I was moving
2: to Atlanta. Like I was like, Okay, city life. I'm a city girl. Yeah. My realtor's like, Well, you know, you can get more house, more bang for your buck in Alpharetta. Fine, let's do Alpharetta, I'll take it. I was like, Google Maps, how long does it take to get the buckhead from Alpharetta? <laughs> We get our closing paperwork and it's like, coming, Georgia. I'm like, <laughs> this is not Alpharetta. <laughs> and she's like, uh, well, literally next door is Alpharetta. You're an right. unincorporated Forsyth. So Forsyth ended up being a surprise, but we loved it. And it's grown on us so much. I'm happy we picked Forsyth. It's a good place to raise a family. So Buckhead and downtown can tend to get like New Orleans sometimes. If you're not careful, you'll get mm-hmm. distracted. Ooh, yes.
0: <laughs> so what about the entrepreneur piece? Where did that come from?
2: I think we both have that kind of entrepreneurial yes. bug. My parents started businesses when I was younger. My dad had like a trucking company that he started because he was driving 18-wheelers at the time. He started his own business. And even his church, he founded his church from the ground up. We used to have church in our living room. We'd have a Bible study with like three people in it, and that was like 17 years ago. Wow. And it's grown a lot. So um, I get my entrepreneurial spirit from them for sure. And then he just... He's always been.
1: Yeah. So I think I'm just creative. Mm -hmm. Um, I like to create things. And she will tell you I have a crazy idea every single day probably twice a day. Some aren't worth anything and <laughs> and then some you chew on for a few days and everything. And so I think, you know, just the the entrepreneur side of things just came from just thinking about it too yeah, much. You, yeah. you, you know, we thought about go bikes for a while, but I think it was me that kind of just said, "All right, let's do it." Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: He's yeah. definitely the push behind. I came up with the idea and then I was like, "Oh, whatever, I just let it go." And then two
1: months later I like, did a business plan like yeah, right, he hey, was like, hey, here, we're doing do this. Wow. Like, I tried
2: to give you time. It's an awesome idea. We're going to do it. So he always gives me that little extra push to be like, all right, let's go. I'm glad he did this time, though.
0: <laughs> so you mentioned yeah. Go Bikes, and mm-hmm. obviously that's what we're, uh, what we're getting toward yeah. here. Go, not spelled G-O.
2: Yeah, we call it the Cajun way. So mm-hmm. it's G-E-A-U-X. And so anything with the O sound in New Orleans or Louisiana, period, we always end it with E-A-U-X. Mm. It's more fun and I feel like it gives it, you know, when you see that you have your Louisiana identity kind of connected to it, everybody knows it's pretty like a pretty much like a New Orleans type of thing. So Mm -hmm. when I came up with the idea, I was like, it has to be something that I can spell the Creole or Cajun way and go just kind of popped into my head and I loved it.
0: It's not great for me because I'm a Gator fan. It makes me think oh, of LSU. No. But, oh no! Exactly. Oh man! But to your point, right? That's, I think of LSU yeah, because exactly. of it, so it makes that tie
2: it, back. That to Louisiana, yeah. you know, connection is there as soon as you see it. Mm-hmm. So you may not know how to pronounce it, but you know it has something to do with Louisiana. Right. We've That's gotten all true. kinds of pronunciations on it: gux, I'm, I'm sure. I'm like mm-hmm. I know. And he warned me. He was like, "If you're not from Louisiana, these people <laughs> are not going to be able to figure it out right away." Right. Right. Jux, is <laughs> Jux is my favorite one. Jux, yeah. Is
0: <laughs> so, all right, so we know that the thrust behind the go We mm-hmm. got that part mm-hmm. Why bikes? Why a bike share company? Where did that idea come from?
2: So he My husband bought bikes For myself and my daughter We have a five-year-old Like I said And so we went riding one day On the greenway And he couldn't come Because he's like, I'm not gonna buy a bike and I don't know if I'll like biking. And because he's so big, bikes for him were like $3,000, the ones that he really needed. I'm cheap,
1: man. (laughs) I am cheap. And I went and I got fitted for a bike and I need this huge frame bike. And Mm -hmm. the guy's like, Yeah, all right, well, well, I can get you new. And it's like $5,000. I'm like, Not happening. And then I I I need a car for that. Yeah,
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he's like, See y'all later. I'll see you when you get back from the Greenway. No way. So I get back and I'm like, Oh my God, that was so much fun. I wish that you know Forsyth would get with the program and at least get a bike share company. Mm-hmm. He was like, uh, okay, let's give them one. And mm-hmm. that's when I was like, all right, yeah, sure, we'll do that. And then later he's like, did you did you figure it out? I'm like, figure out what? Our bike share company. I'm like, wait, we're really going to do this? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. So we presented the idea to Forsyth County's Parks and Rec Department, mm-hmm. and they loved it.
1: You know, the county as a whole, they really put the community in – first and Mm -hmm. and the residents first like you know this is a completely new idea and you know they have been nothing but supportive accommodating uh, everything yes like they you know they have been a big part of this project as well
0: the bike share scooter share i mean you look everywhere around the country it's blowing up even where we are today here in in midtown you see it on every corner (laughs) yes how do you differentiate yourself in this space is it about strictly the location because they aren't in Forsyth County or right. how, how do you make yourself stand out?
2: So that's um a big part of it is location. We're the first and only bike share company that's in Forsyth right now. Mm. And then, you know, for now, we're more of a we're not as much as a commuter bike share. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you see in the larger right. cities, people right. are using them to commute back and forth to work. We're more of a leisure type of program right now. My plan is to expand and, you know, work with the city again to get some legislation going to make. Coming Forsyth County more bike friendly Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's this big health craze going on right now and people are just more into the healthiest version of themselves and walking more than, you know, riding in a car, or biking more than riding in a car. And so I'm giving people this whole, you know, exercise thing, but we're also saving the environment because the Mm -hmm. less cars on the street, Mm -hmm. the less CO2, you know, things like that. So I think our goal right now differentiates us because, like I said, we're more for leisure and fun. And the fact that we're the
1: first and only right now. I think so. It's, I mean, it's just me, but I think our bikes are really, really cool. I always start with the tires. I mm-hmm. think it's really cool that we have compound airless tires. So mm-hmm. they never go flat. You can't puncture them or anything like that. Or um, you move to our seat. You know, I'm a big guy and... I hate those little narrow seats and stuff. <laughs> he rode like a
2: Peloton that. the other day yeah. at the YMCA, and he got off, and he looked like he got off a horse. He was like, I can't I do, can't these do this." I'm glad I do- our bikes have big seats. I'm, yes. a, I'm
1: a
0: Peloton guy as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that almost every time I get off. Like, oh, man, that was rough. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yes, and and so our seats, they're big, and they're leather, and they're comfy. And they're anti-heat, so they won't burn your bottom or anything like that out there in the sun. Um
2: you're such a dad
1: by we, your bottom. Well, you know. <laughs> there's there's no explicit tag on this right. podcast. So we gotta keep it very clean. For I love people. It. See? I
2: love the dad language. But, uh,
1: <laughs> that is not the word that popped in my head, but you know. We have antimicrobial handles. Wow. Uh so you know, my wife's a germaphobe, so that was definitely yeah. a need for her. Because if
2: you think about how many people's hands are I'm on sure. handlebars, yes. Or- Public bike shares, you're like, oh my god! So, yeah, I was I went crazy when I saw the uh, antimicrobial handle option we could yes. do. So had
1: to have it, yeah. And had they're made in it. the United States, made in the United States. So that's another <laughs> yes.
2: big part of you know who we are is trying to keep things as local as possible. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, another thing that differentiates us as well as is that we are going to be working with local nonprofits. And so, a portion of our rides gets donated back to nonprofits. And our first one is actually based in coming and they support veterans with PTSD and they help get homeless vets off the street and get mm. their benefits and they just get them a lot of help. And so for, you know, the first few months, actually through the end of summer, the pro- some proceeds from the riots, go back to them to kind of help support that cause. And after that, We'll either continue after summer, um, or we'll just pick another one—a mm-hmm. local yeah. nonprofit.
1: That foundation is called the Shadow Warrior Foundation. Mm-hmm.
0: Very cool. So yeah. we're
2: we're big on giving back. Yeah. We'll go beyond local soon, but I want to give back to the community that's given a lot to me since we moved here. You know.
0: Yep. In terms of your your entrepreneurial journey, I always like to find this out. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you guys have faced, and then how did you
1: address them? Time.
2: Yeah time management specifically is a big challenge for us um like i said we have a child um i work as a paralegal i was a fitness coach at a local boot camp for quite a while he has his business and so it's like we're not from here so we don't have a lot of family to kind of pick up some slack so time management has been a lot for us because i tell people i sit at the Dinner table, and I'm like, you know, this is family time, but at the same time, I'm on my phone or mm-hmm. I'm on my tablet because I'm big on customer service too. So even though we just launched, people have been emailing us for months because we've been kind of hyping the launch up. Mm-hmm. So I'm answering emails, I'm trying to text people personally now to thank them for riding with us. And so the time management has been a bit of a struggle for us, but I feel like once things calm down a little more and we get into the groove, it'll get a little easier.
1: Yeah. And one issue that I feel like that stops future entrepreneurs or people that want to be an entrepreneur is that, um, you know, it's it's the doubt or the, you know, Mm -hmm. the kind of the kind of possibility that you may fail. And that is a you know, that should be in the back of your mind every single day. But you know, just like uh, Nike said so mm-hmm. far ago, you just have to do it. Just do it because it's, you know, it's going to be scary sometimes. And, you know, you're going to, you know, you there's a big chance that you may fail, but you got to keep working, man. You just got to keep going after it. You know, we've been open for how long?
2: Not even seven days. yet. Seven, <laughs> not, not even a week. week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: from idea to now here, it's been eight, about 16, 18, 18, 16 months. 18 months. Yeah. And yeah. And, and
2: that's quick in the grand scheme of mm, launching sure. a business from the ground up. And every single day government. we
1: thought, should we do this or yeah. should we not do this? Yeah. And uh and we, you know, we had no idea where to start. You know, we've never owned a bike share before. So to actually do this and to, you know, start from the ground up, you know, you gotta go through insurance and contracts this this and that you know everything (laughs) you know everything at every obstacle you know will kind of nudge you a little bit more to say don't do it don't do it and so you know as long as you're you know you kind of stay focused and stay on the right track I think she will tell you I think anything is possible yeah with anything, He's a
2: dreamer else. for sure. I like, am.
1: Yeah. I am.
0: <laughs> when, and I'm sure for dreamers like yourselves that when you know what you're trying to do and then you know about Halcyon popping up,
2: mm-hmm. there's yeah.
0: probably a few light bulbs that say, wow, this is the perfect connection. So exactly. Just tell us about that connection to Halcyon and what that's going to do for not just for you guys, but for everyone who wants to utilize the Greenway and have that that connectivity.
2: So we actually have had our eyes on opening something at Halcyon for like two years. So long. Yeah, as soon as we (laughs) heard the announcement that they're bringing this huge mixed use, I'm like, okay, what can we open? You know, we've been watching the tenants that they would list as people signed on. And so we had an initial idea to open something and I changed my mind because it just didn't feel right. And so once I had the bike share idea, I was like, my goodness now there's a destination point for Mm -hmm. people who ride the greenway so while you're out having you know exercising there's somewhere to stop and have fun along the way sure halcyon kind of you know was the connecting point that we needed and it gives people somewhere to go and something to look forward to when they're on the greenway
1: yeah i'm excited for halcyon um you know, and it's right in our backyard too. Yeah. So
2: we're literally live five minutes away from Halcyon. Yes, so, yeah, so we can bike there.
1: We are excited, <laughs> and the community is so excited about Halcyon and the connection to the Greenway, and you know, people having somewhere to go, and you know, say they do want to take a bike ride on the greenway and then they just want to go hang out at the green space Mm -hmm. or you know hang out at cherry street or eat something you know you could do that with our bikes and then also we have a pause your ride feature where you know you can bike down to halcyon and decide that you want to go shop or lunch you can actually pause your ride so you're still in ownership of that bike no one else can come up and rent that bike Mm -hmm. it's still in your possession and then you can hop back on and take it back to where you got it from. So it's, that's, you know, Halcyon has been a big factor for us in developing this system.
0: Technology-wise, because that's the part of this that I think is super interesting is developing that. I'm sure that's changing all the time. So can you tell us about some of the tech behind running this type of business
2: yeah so it's um all app based Mm -hmm. so it's it's a good thing that you don't have to like walk up to our bikes and pull out coins or anything there's no like machine or anything so it's um an app called bloom sharing you create a profile with a credit or debit card and then from that point on you just use a qr code scanner on your phone to unlock the tires Hmm. And at the end of your ride, when you lock it back, it automatically charges the card on file. So there's no currency exchange physically going on. And it just makes it a lot easier because sometimes when you go to the park, you don't want to have cash or cards on you, you know, just for safety reasons even. And so it's a Bluetooth-based app. So, you know, we have cell phone holders. The Bluetooth connection stays on while you're riding. You can track your ride and see the map where you're going and things like that. We have in-app. Advertising that small businesses can do, so it's location-based ads that can pop up mm-hmm. in your ride. So perfect.
1: So while you're driving down the the Greenway, an yeah. uh, ad will pop up. Bloom, twenty percent off. At Cherry Street Brewing for Go Bike Riders today or uh, something like that. Once you unlock your bike and start your ride, your phone acts as like a dashboard in your car. So it tells you how far you've traveled, um, the speed. how fast you're going, uh, how long you've been in your ride. Yeah. Um It has like a map, you know, yeah. kind of like a GPS. Yeah. So, so there's a map that's up that, you know, tells you where parking zones are. Um, it's all tech-based besides the bikes. I mean, it's, yeah, it's tech-based. And so, yeah.
2: The in-app advertisements or the location-based ads are kind of my favorite part because I'm super big on the small, supporting small businesses. Sure. So I think it's kind of a win-win for us and the businesses that do choose to advertise with us because while it increases our ridership because they get benefits at these places of business, it also increases foot traffic and visibility Mm -hmm. for the businesses that advertise with us because, you know, and we have advertising space actually on the bikes themselves. So while the person who's renting the bike will see your advertisement when they get their bike, you also have to think about the visibility factor of when they're riding. There's mm-hmm. so many people on the greenway all day, every day, mm-hmm. that now you have a lot more visibility as I ride past someone or um, there's advertising space on the front of the bike. So if someone's walking towards you and you're riding towards them, they can see that space. <laughs> there's a lot of you know, opportunity for small business interaction and advertising with us as well.
0: You guys have clearly thought of a lot here. So <laughs> I, I know... We've well, yeah. probably already thought about this. You can sketch this out for us. But where, where does this go? What's the big picture? You talked a little about some of your your bigger plans. Yeah. What do those look like and, and what's the road to get there?
2: Besides making Forsyth more bike friendly, I mean, I'm like pinky in the brain. I want to take over the world. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I'm coming after Excellent. the other bike shares and I'm just like, give me their business. Mm-hmm. Because we have the capability to build fleets at offices. So if you notice your employees walk quite a ways for lunch sometimes or you have a huge campus, you can just dedicate a fleet for your employees. And then it's like a employee wellness program where your office can subsidize part or all of the cost. So I don't Mm -hmm. only want to get into the public transportation part of it. Mm -hmm. I want to get into private sectors, too, with working with businesses. And you can brand the bikes the way you want. So um, I want to expand as much as possible. But, (laughs) I, you know with that being said as an entrepreneur you get these big ideas and you have to make sure that you scale properly and he's taught and me stay that focused. and stay focused because just because you have these opportunities it may not always be the right time to take it or expand mm-hmm. you, you know you have to think about everything
1: one of the initial reasons to start was just to get people out the house yep. you know to off
2: their sofas to man. get
1: active and to get out and enjoy nature you know have some fun under the sun and everything like that and then also you know we touched on this before but you know kind changing the infrastructure of forsyth Mm -hmm. you know it's grown so quickly and you know it's so family friendly and you know go out on a saturday morning at eight o'clock and there's bikes everywhere and but you know on these two-lane streets that's a little dangerous for bikers you know there's still a lot of trees and everything like that so you know we don't have many bike lanes so you know that's part of our focus is to also, you know, help push the agenda of, you know, changing the infrastructure in for to have bike friendly paths and, you know, uh, teach the community about bike signals and turning signals while you're on the bike and, you know, just kinda looking out for bikers as well. So
2: Yeah. And I'm like yeah. kind of a tree hugger, so I think about all the C O two from <laughs> cars and Yes. You know, if I can get people healthy in more ways than one, you know, the exercise aspect but then the I'm physically you know, breathing in a cleaner air because of my company, even if yes. it's just, you know, a little change in mm-hmm. the CO2 emissions. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. We kind of need the planet, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we're very happy you guys are going to be at Halcyon. And we are looking even more forward to when you do take over the world, like thinking yes. the brain. Yes. But uh, yes. as busy as you guys are, thank you so much for coming and spending some time with us today. Thank you no for problem. having
2: us. We appreciate it. Thank and we're you. excited about Halcyon. We
0: are. Yeah. Running can take you a lot of places, but unless you're Forrest Gump, few could travel the path Kim Hall blazed by foot. While her early days were spent in Georgia, she ended up venturing far and wide across the country, enduring all sorts of adversity before she discovered running could be both her personal salvation and her business. Now preparing to open her second totally running and walking location at Halcyon, we sat down with Kim and began our chat by hearing about the wild ride that led her back to where it all started.
3: I was born in Atlanta, Georgia, and I grew up in Stone Mountain. And then um, in second grade, we moved up to Columbus, Ohio. I lived there until sixth grade and moved back down to Lawrenceville, Georgia. And so I'm a product of Gwinnett County, really.
0: With the the moves around, I mean, you've you've been in a lot of different parts of the state at this point, yeah. And then obviously you left. What was different when you left as opposed to when you're back here in Atlanta?
3: Well, in Ohio, um, the elementary school was located in the neighborhood, and we had a swim, you know, big old swimming pool and. My dad is a tennis player, so we were just there at the the pool and the tennis courts, and I used to run there as tracks, and so it was like very athletic, like a athletic type of community. So that's where I really found my passion for running. And then when I came back down here, it was, it was just a little bit different. I actually was in middle school at that mm-hmm. time, and we all know that's a weird time <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> that's
0: already challenging, right? Yeah. <laughs> so... I doubt this was the first thing that you did in terms of uh, opening up your own store, but what did you do before you got to the point of becoming a, a true entrepreneur?
3: Before, I had I, a very long career in college. <laughs> so <it took> me, <laughs> to, is, is that
1: it what it's took called? Me,
3: <laughs> yes, it took me a very long time to graduate from college. Um, I actually I went to college a little, and then I moved down to Savannah, Georgia, and became a EMT firefighter. Wow. When I was 19, 20 years old, uh, and then I just, uh, moved out to Colorado and there during Y2K. Mm -hmm. So I ended up doing, uh, working at MCI WorldCom on their Y2K project because everything was going to apparently like blow up Mm -hmm. when that happened and we were trying to get prepared for that. And so after that, um, I moved out to Seattle where I worked at, um, a company called Space Labs, and uh, did inside sales actually for heart monitors and stuff like that. But um, that was kind of cool. And then I moved back to Denver, and that's where I ended up um, going to uh, actually getting my degree in neuroscience. Hmm. Uh, And I worked with the American Diabetes Association and did – most of my studies were focused on diabetes and behavior and how, like – Exercise and physiology, and, and eating right, um, can affect your your moods and your as well as your blood sugars.
0: So, what is it that brought you back to Atlanta after all of those uh, those dalliances with with other locations and jobs? What what brought you back home?
3: So, I came back home. Uh, my mom lived here, uh, and she was about to retire, and so she I she just needed my help. I actually met my kid's father when I was down here helping my mom pack to move. My mom moved to Portland, Oregon hmm. to my brother lives out there. And, uh, I had met my kid's dad, but then I, I got an opportunity to move up to Boston. Wow. <laughs> to, uh, for an internship mm-hmm. at Brigham and Women's Hospital to work with diabetes research. And that was my passion. So I did. I went up there and I ended up having some health issues. While I was up there, so I, I, I went to a doctor and, and ended up kind of going through some in vitro and stuff. And then mm-hmm. I have, now I have triplets. So I moved back down here because oh, wow. that's where their dad lived was down here. <laughs> anyway, that happened in Boston.
0: That's wild. So, okay, so you come back here. When do you get on the entrepreneur path? Cause that, that hadn't been, I mean, you described all the other things you did. At no point did that include. Owning your own. I business. mean, I
3: almost feel like that was an entrepreneurial path, like trying to like move across the country, getting new That's jobs everywhere. Yeah. So I think I think, you know, if you start to if you're a person who really has trouble working like a a, a traditional like nine to five job mm-hmm. and having people tell you what to do and and you do that busy work, you know, that no one really wants to do. Sure. I just never felt that was right for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was always i guess searching for a better thing, and along the way, I was getting experience and and learning from people i mean i've I've worked with some really cool people who have taught me so much so many lessons and um anyway, so when i got after I had the triplets um I did not work well, I got really like very pregnant, and then I ended up in the hospital for nine weeks on bed rest and then had them early. And then they were in the NICU for quite a while. And then it was just having three babies was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't really work. And then unfortunately, their dad and I weren't working out. So um, I had to make the really tough decision to move when they were nine months old. So mm-hmm. I did. So then I became a single mom, which was um, with three babies which was kind of wow. tough and i ended up in big canoe which is kind of like a it's a retirement community as well so it's like mainly just old older people <laughs> <laughs> and then me right and i i used with, with, with the triplet right. babies which um was pretty funny because i you know i was pretty down and out when i got over there and pretty crazy actually and i had this uh thing called a choo-choo wagon Mm -hmm. uh, that I put my babies in and it was like real colorful and I decided to go to church there the big canoe chapel one day because I just needed a break for my kids like it was really awful I was Mm -hmm. living in this uh, like condos teeny tiny condo and the kids were sleeping in these things called like pea pods or whatever they're like tents and I was in there and I was just going I mean it was just a rough time in my life and um, I didn't really have any help my father lives in North Carolina my mom lives in Oregon And I pull up with my triplets in these this crazy colorful wagon, and all these people are like looking at me, and I'm wearing like bell bottoms and a t-shirt that's got like a peace sign made out of butterflies, (laughs) and they're all dressed like they're going to like an inauguration or something. I don't know. I was like, so I was so awkward. (laughs) And then the nursery was like down the steps, and I had three babies. You can't carry three babies down the steps. No. So I'm like standing there, like I'm trying to figure out what to do. And that was so cool because like all of a sudden, you know, all these people came and can can we help you and took, you know, the babies down and got me hooked up. And those people ended up being a really, really huge um, part of of my life and where mm-hmm. I got to today.
0: So where we are today is at totally running and walking here and coming. Yes. How did this come to be? How did you ultimately get to this place?
3: So um, I actually came in here. I did not. I'm not the original owner of this uh, mm-hmm. store. I came in here to buy a pair of shoes one day because I've always loved running, mm-hmm. and um, I had started running again because all those ladies at Big Canoe would come and watch my babies. For thirty minutes, they're gonna read to my babies for thirty minutes, and I'm like, "What do I do for thirty minutes?" You know, mm-hmm. and uh, so I decided I would start like a couch to five k.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, busted out my old shoes, dusted them off, and started running. And my, you know, it wasn't working for me, mm-hmm. so I knew I needed to go get a fitted at a running store. Hmm. So, when you live in Big Canoe, there's nowhere to shop. So, you either go to Cumming or to Canton. Well, there's not a running store in Canton, but there was one here in Cumming. Mm -hmm. So, I came in here and got fitted into a really good pair of shoes. Uh, My feet had grown, like, two sizes (laughs) since pregnancy. That's how that – that's very common, though. Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much anybody who comes in here and gets fitted, like, they're just usually wearing the wrong size shoe. Mm -hmm. And that's what's causing all the angst when you're running. Mm -hmm. That's just a – Insider Ins- tip. It Yet, yeah, is an insider tip. Well, anyways, you know, I became friends with the owner of the store uh, because of that. And, um, you know, started running uh, a lot. And I was starting to feel like myself again mm-hmm. because I did not know it at the time, but I was really struggling with uh, postpartum depression. And I didn't even know it, but I think I really believe. That running and exercise and getting out there just got me out of that. And then, so the big canoe people—they're like, "Hey, you should try Brownsbridge Church." Because I was like, my kids—there are really no kids in Big Canoe. There really aren't. <laughs> I mean, there was a few. But they weren't the same age as mine and I was really struggling or whatever just to, you know, I just, I'm the kind of person obviously who likes to be out and about and, and going and, and staying at home is not my jam. So I go like, take the long trek over to Browns Bridge, um, with the kids and the ladies of my small group were so awesome and we went, to like do a project at the Foster Care Support Network uh in Roswell and it's so cool this place like you go and you shop for a foster kid and they give you like the kid's sizes and and everything and you know the kid the, the person's name and and you're and it's basically like set up like a big store and you go in and you get you know four pairs of pants, four shirts and you know and shoes Mm-hmm. so i was shopping for a 10 year old boy and i go to the shoe aisle and look for his size shoes and the only shoes that were there were those like plastic shower shoes mm. yeah and i was like so i don't know i just like broke my heart so i went to them and i asked them if if we could help raise money or get shoes donated for these kids mm-hmm. um, because i'm working with a running store like i'm friends with the the owner of the running store and runners just tend to like really, you know, their shoes die before the, they look bad. Right. So they would look, you know, like brand new almost to some, you know, a 10 year old boy, especially. Uh, so um, they said, yeah, that they get a lot of donations for shoes and that there's certain sizes that they really need to buy. That and socks, like they really needed it and that they were going to do a 5K and wanted to know if I wanted to be part of that. I said, sure. Well, I ended up, um, producing like a 5k called kicks for kids. And that was the first time I had done a race. That mm. was the first race I did and it was successful and it was fun. And so I started doing more races and I created a company, uh, called, uh, triple fun racing. And so I, I did about, at one point I was doing like nine races a year mm. over quite a few years. And I focused on that. And in the meantime, uh, the store here, you know, I still worked with the owner of the store and we did help with the races and promoting and everything. And then twenty twelve, that lasted a couple of years, and in twenty twelve he I had the opportunity to take over the store
0: hmm. or buy the store. It was it was totally running when you yeah. bought it, correct? When and how did it become totally running and walking?
3: So I am not by any means like a fast runner. <laughs> I used to be fast, but I, I kind of like the longer distances and slowing it down and, you know, and just the benefits of, of being active and just moving forward and getting out there. And I noticed that a lot of people it feel uncomfortable walking into just a running store. Mm-hmm. I call these like moving forward shoes. I mean, any, <laughs> any, like whether you're, you know, we have a lot of customers who are nurses, a lot of people that work at like retail stores, like, you know, they're on concrete, they're walking all day. Their feet are killing them. Those, you know, are a lot of our customers. And then people that just need to get out and walk Mm -hmm. or or go to the gym and do some exercise. So I just felt like adding walking to the name and, and on the sign, it would calm people a little bit, you know, because people would come in and they would kind of throw up their hands and be like, I'm not a runner, (laughs) you know, but my podiatrist sent me here to get, you know, some, some ASICs or whatever. And so um, I, that's what I want this store to be is is a place where you can be inspired. You're met where you are in your fitness journey. You know, you can come here and get help for your feet and not feel intimidated and not feel like you're being helped by a bunch of, you know, really super fast kids or something mm-hmm. like that. Because that's not by any means like who I am. And right. um, I just – I really do feel – uh very very strongly any type of activity that you can do whether it's walking running tennis going to the gym any basketball just anything to, just to get your heart rate going a little bit and and to get you out uh can just do so much for your mind body and your your soul even i mean it's just so important to me and and a lot of people are just in a lot of pain and footwear it can really help that i know it's helped
0: me when and how did the opportunity come to bring totally running and walking to Halcyon and kind of take that next step for you as an entrepreneur.
3: Halcyon approached me. Oh gosh, it's been over two years ago now. Mm-hmm. They uh, they said that this would be the perfect spot for a running store, mm-hmm. and you know for the races, and and that they they really wanted to create an active. Uh, community that has like everything at people's fingertips, and it's a it's a good place to to come hang out, to live, to bring your family, you know, with all the green space, and it's right on the Greenway and all this stuff. So I I was interested, so I did I went in, and I was looking at like uh, uh, drawings,
0: sure, lots of renderings, <laughs> R-
3: renderings, yeah. and I am not spatially trying to picture
0: you got, you have this to touch place. Gotta yeah,
3: I got to see it in yeah. 3D, like, <laughs> on the... I mean, I'm still having trouble picturing this place, like, mm-hmm. honestly. And it's almost, you know, it's getting really close to being done. But, you know, everything that they were saying, I really like the concept of bringing... Uh, mom and pop shops, almost like no mm-hmm. big chain or you know chains. Sure, um, and keeping it kind of like small business—that um, is a true passion of mine. You know, being an entrepreneur and being in small business—you know, you cannot get customer service like you can from a small business that you walk into mm-hmm. so I really like that concept that Halcyon was bringing I thought that was mm-hmm. really neat and I really also the the relation to the greenway because in retail these days you have to you have to create events you have to be able to create an experience for people and mm-hmm. you know community um, and I found that to be a, a little more difficult um, here in our current location this place though is definitely remaining a lot of people think we're moving over there but we aren't we're going to here is like a, a good destination 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 place. We get a lot of referrals from doctors, and you know, and plus we've been here for so long. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be kind of hard to move now, and so just because I think it's going to be a totally different place at Halcyon.
0: Just a few final things for you. We talked a little bit before we started about the challenges of running a brick and mortar retail spot in the age of Amazon. You can find things so easily, so cheaply online. How do you compete with that? What are some of the challenges of being a brick and mortar business today in in the age of online shopping?
3: Oh, that's like such a hot topic in our industry. Uh, I think brands you know to protect the value of their product have really done a lot to combat the you know, underselling or underpricing or of their stuff. Especially when we were very fortunate with shoes because thirty five percent of all shoe purchases and apparel uh bought online goes back. Oh wow. Well. Like is returned. That's a lot. Because I know, uh, just by all of my awesome customers that come in here, it is really hard to to get your right size, especially an mm. athletic shoe. So it's really good. I mean, we've got 3D scanners and things like that that can really give us a good size with. And a lot of times, you know, like I had I kind of mentioned before, uh, you know, a proper fitting gear or shoes, uh, especially when you're exercising is very important for comfort and for, you know, uh in- injury pre- prevention and and just to be able to continue to go out there. So I think it's really tough online to to purchase shoes, so that's a thank goodness you know because mm. uh, you know I think about bookstores yeah I mean I miss going to independent bookstores and just sitting there and being able to hang out and you know looking at books and reading and stuff like that, and so Amazon has done a really good job of like snuffing those out <laughs> <laughs> um but I don't feel like they're going to be able to do that with our industry uh the brands that we sell are are very much behind specialty running stores it is very important uh you know for them especially when they release new products and stuff that that people are able to come in put them on their feet walk around do demo runs you know get some some tips from other runners you know all our employees are runners walkers you know they've been there they They know the products. I mean, they're, my employees here are the best. I, I, you know, I just love them, but they, they know so much and they're so compassionate and caring. And, and a lot of time that's what you, you cannot get that on Amazon. Mm -hmm. I mean, or Zappos or any of those other places. And, you know, honestly, you really, the prices are the same. You know, there's MSRP. Mm -hmm. And so the brands actually police that now. So, you know, Brooks Coast is 120 at a big department store and as well as online. And they really have guidelines to when you can discount those. So. Um, that helps a lot too because mm-hmm. they do – the brands do police that because they do understand the importance of having people within the community and plus like races and things. I mean sure. we put on races, you know, group events, education stuff. And so <clears throat> that's how you compete with all that is is just like being part of the community and, and really being, you know, there for for people.
0: So you started earlier by telling us about how you were on the move constantly and you had the triplets and there was a lot of early stage – uneasiness as you try to figure out where you're going to settle. Yeah. Now that you are here, I imagine with two stores, you're probably not jumping anywhere too quickly. So can you just talk about raising your triplets today here in Forsyth County and being a part of this community and owning such an influential store in this community?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I bought a home here in Forsyth County. It's been, gosh, seven and a half years ago. Hmm. It's the longest I've ever lived anywhere.
0: <laughs> you get Nancy? I
3: am not kidding. <laughs> but it's very important to me as a parent to create stability for my children. Um, they've kind of had a, a pretty rocky road sometimes, um, you know, and I, I just don't want them to feel that. They're kids. They should have fun. Um, so I decided that I need to be the stable person. Uh, I need to stay put. That's what I love about Forsyth County. The schools are amazing. I know we always say that, and that's why so many people move here. Um, But they truly are. They've been, you know, so wonderful. My kids just graduated fifth grade mm. from Whitlow Elementary. Um, And they were there, you know, the whole time, you know, since uh kindergarten. And during their little graduation at the conference center, they had asked, you know, all the fifth graders who had been with them the whole time to stand up. And I just, I don't know, I was so proud. I started crying because, <laughs> like, I did that. Like, I created the stable home for them. And I want them to be able to stay here throughout high school in that same house, even like, I just, I don't know. I think that's really important to
0: me. So when totally running and walking at Halcyon opens up for people that are, that are new, that haven't been to your store here and coming, what can they expect when they come in to visit your new location at Halcyon?
3: Well, they can expect to see, you know, the same size store that we have here currently. It's not going to be like a humongous store. Um, I think it's going to be cool. I'm also creating an area, uh, that will be transformed into a little childcare area for Mother's Morning Out. So moms, you know, can drop their kids off and we'll have a childcare provider for a couple hours so they Mm can go and, uh, you know, run on the greenway and nice. go grab coffee with their, their friends. I just, I, I wish I, I would have probably given anything for that when my kids were little. Ladies, a big canoe did that for me and it really helped tremendously. So I want to do that. I've got a little space for that and I think it's going to be really cool. I I want to have, continue to source out unique items for, you know, running and walking. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. I just can't even wait. Like I, I and there's. I've been talking to other uh, uh, stores that are going in, and and mm-hmm. everybody's just, you know, I think everybody wants to work together to make it such a such a fun place to be and have really cool events. So um, we're really looking forward to it opening.
0: Well, Kim, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know Thanks it's an, for it's me. been a, a long journey to get here, but we're glad that you made it here, and we're excited for the the new totally running and walking to open soon.
3: All right, thank you so much for you know interviewing me.
0: And that's going to do it for our latest show. Subscribe now to make sure you don't miss an episode and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Halcyon Foresight. Finally, if you think you may know a trailblazer inside the community, leave us a note on Facebook and you might just hear him on a future episode. So until next month, I'm Adam Schick, wishing you all the best as you blaze your own trail.